Namaste, everyone, and welcome to the Jai Bhakti Yoga podcast, where we share information on all things yoga, Ayurveda, and well-being lifestyle. I am excited to share these resources, insights, interviews, and so much more as we grow together on this wonderful journey of well-being. I am your host, Christina Andrini, founder of Jai Bhakti Yoga Foundation and JBYU School of Yoga and Ayurveda. I'd like to invite you to subscribe to our blog on Tumblr, as well as to follow us on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and all the fun social media channels where we share some of the tips and insights and resources from our podcast and vice versa on here. Now let's go ahead and begin with today's episode. Everything that we take in from our senses is digested or not. It's the energy and it's our malas. This includes not only foods that we take in, but our experiences as well. Vitality, balance, and inner harmony have everything to do with the state of Agni. In Ayurveda, we always turn to balance Agni first and foremost in our own health, as well as when we are supporting others and their health. The transformation process is key to health, and it is the process that Maharishi Ayurveda focuses on. And so for those of you new to our program, uh, what I tend to share along with you all is not just um, Ayurveda in general, but specifically consciousness-based Ayurveda. Everything is scientifically and evidence-based prevent, and it comes from the lineage of Maharishi Uh, from the Maharishi International University, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. According to the Chakra Samhita, which is one of the Vedic texts that we use in Ayurveda, chapter 6 specifically, for the maintenance of the equilibrium of our Datus, which we've known now that we've been learning together over the course of the last few weeks, is known as our Datus, one should follow proper activities and, and diet having properties opposite to the geographical condition. So Samana and Vishesh. Remember, like increases like, and then the opposites can either increase or decrease. And based on the geographical condition, season, which we're going to talk about, the physical constitution of one's individual, so that would be your dosha, one should observe proper utilization of physical and mental capabilities, as well as of available resources like your time. This is why we're going to talk about your daily routines, okay? And that word in Sanskrit is known as kala, K-A-L-A, kala. One should avoid excess utilization of anything. One should not suppress manifested natural urges, okay? And should also avoid working beyond one's capacity. So if you're finding yourself overworked, overstressed out, then this is your time to take your much-needed break, okay? So if you tend to be Vata Pitta or Pitta Kapha or you associate yourself with having an overactive third chakra, those of you that have that overactive solar plex, more Pitta constitution, then chances are this shloka that I just read is directly related to you. And I know I am guilty as charged because I also have a very overactive uh, third chakra. As one student said, when I'm constantly doing yoga, it gives me so much. It's my space to breathe, to reset, focus, and even accept. The connection changes, I think, depending on what I want to take, I guess. Or what I truly want. It feels like I'm part of something or I'm setting up the next level of something. I'm setting up for the next level of something. And so the reason for this is because you are. You are. And as Illy says, and those of you um, that know Illy Stovall, he's been on the show quite a few times. He says that you are leveling up in ways you didn't know you had to. You're leveling up in ways you didn't know you had to. 
When you are connected, grounded, or deep in rhythm, you find yourself in what is called being in the zone. You're in that zone. You're focused. And you are connected mainly to that divine within you. It's almost like a moving meditation for you. Very comes natural. And it's in alignment with everything else naturally progressing around you. Everything around us, just like yoga, okay, your, your yoga practice, your job, your friends, your events, your experiences, the time of day, kala, all affect our digestive process in some way. The food we take in, be it from our environment or the tangible digestive foods that we're eating, all metabolize based on the energy we are surrounded by, okay? If our doshas are aggravated, so if you were to take your pulse and you notice that one's a little bit higher than the other, and in later episodes, we'll go ahead and talk about Nadi Vignan and pulse reading, but when you can even check in with your heart and you put one hand over your heart and the other one to cover it and really just notice the pulsation, if it's rapid, if it's slower, notice that feeling of the butterflies in your stomach, or you're just kind of, mm, this doesn't feel so right for me. You really need to listen to that inner intelligence because it's telling you something. And that is also affecting your digestion. You probably at times notice that you don't want to eat anymore because you're so upset that you don't want to eat. Or I don't want to make this anymore. I don't want to eat this. I don't want to cook. I don't want to do whatever that is because you're pouring your energy into that meal or you're pouring that energy into somebody or something. And at some point, it's kind of, it's a done deal. And it aggravates you. So what we see through Alochika Pitta which is our eyes, what we're taking in, as well as what we're surrounding ourselves with, as well as what we're about to eat, if the energy isn't right, it's going to affect our stomach, it's going to affect our digestive system, it's going to affect how we eliminate, how we process, it's going to affect us mentally, physically, and emotionally, okay? And so... All of these things create toxicity in the body. And what we talked about last week is AMA. In the last episode, we went over AMA, which is that sludge and the toxicity within ourselves. We also talked about it in the Jai Bhakti blog, which you can get all of the assessments for as well. And this really, we naturally operate within these natural rhythms. We're moving with this flow. And... When we, when we operate with these natural rhythms, this is known as the Kala of the circadian rhythm. And the scientific term for this, for some, the more scientific-minded, would be chronobiology. All right? If we lack proper sleep, which is a main one, if we lack proper sleep, lack of nourishment, so if we're eating a lot of junk food, fast food, uh, non-organic foods, unhealthy foods, processed foods, um, if we don't have an appropriate work-life balance, maybe, or we're overworking or our jobs are demanding us to give them more of our time when we want to, you know, have a proper balance of our own livelihood and, and being with our families and our friends, then it begins to affect the natural flow and it also begins to affect our natural glow. And that glow that we have is known as ojas. Ojas is the, the end byproduct that comes from everything that we eat. If you see a baby or a little animal or something, they just have this beautiful glow. They just have this, this glow and that radiance. You know, sometimes you see a, a lady that's pregnant and she just radiates this beautiful energy. This is known as ojas. This is that byproduct that glowing sensation within us. That is that natural, uh, the end result of the metabolic processing. It's the rhythm of life. It's the cosmic consciousness manifesting within us and outwardly. And we call this the nectar of life, the nectar of life. So another way our ojas is affected is by our emotions. All right. Our emotions, which we dive into in the coming weeks, we're going to get really into our different emotions, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual health and well-being, specifically surrounded around relationships. So we'll be in, involved with that next week. But according to Dr. Vasat Lad, who's a Vedya, an Ayurvedic physician, 
and Dr. Frawley, he, um, they are the authors of The Yoga of Herbs. And it's a wonderful book. It's a wonderful resource. I'll post it below after the after our, our podcast. But what they like to what they mention is that tastes directly affect our nervous system through prana. And what we've learned over yoga and what we've learned in our conversations is that it's that life force energy, the life force within. And and we also have the life force in our mouth. And when that is connected to the prana of our brain. And so emotions also have a certain taste or flavor and affect the body according to their qualities. And we know the word qualities to be gunas that we've discovered throughout our course together with Ayurveda. The Ayurveda language of healing emphasizes the value of taste on all levels of manifestation, both inner and outer. To balance the tastes, okay, to balance these tastes, along with our qualities, we begin by balancing the natural rhythms of our daily routine. This is known, like we've discussed, Dinacharya, and the evening routine is the Richucharya, okay, which are practiced based on the seasons as well. Ayurveda has three main seasons, like I discussed in the beginning, that reflect the doshas. But in total, we observe six of them. So if you have a pen and paper, go ahead and jot these down. And you'll also see them in the blog as well. And they are Hemanatta. Hemanatta is known as early winter. And then Shishira, which is your late winter. Visanta, which is the spring. Grishma, which is summer. Varshna, or Varsha, which is rainy season, and then Sharda, which is autumn. Beginning a daily routine starts with making an intention to commit to improving your life and lifestyle by making simple adjustments and at times a little bit harder ones too. These will enliven your inner intelligence and progress you. And so we begin, and just to kind of preface, I won't go too heavily deep into this because it's a lot of information to take in, but the teacher training program, those of you in the Ayurveda 200 hour, we go very deep into this, okay? And we will discuss this further, mostly in the anatomy portion of our teacher training. But just to give a high level overview, and we're just going to segue right into it, the doshas have subdoshas within them that govern different parts of the body. And this will give you a really good understanding, a base level understanding of what this all means. So when we're talking about these circadian rhythms and like winter and spring and what does this mean, the svata dosha, all this blah, 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 you'll get it. Okay, you'll have a way better understanding. So let's start with vata. All right, I'm, I'm a big vata. So we start with vata, and the subdoshas for vata are prana, udana, samana, apana, and vayana. Okay, and we'll go, we'll just break them down real quick. Prana is located in the head. Okay, the subdosha prana is located in the head, and it's located in the brain. Its movement is in a downward and inward constitution, okay? Downward and inward. Then Udana, which is the second subdosha, is located in the chest and the throat. The chest and the throat. And this is an upward movement. So if you think about when you're digesting something, think of like heartburn coming upward, okay? Samana is located in the small intestines, and its movement is periphery to the center. And this is mainly in the solar plexus or in the third chakra. Okay? Next one is apana. And apana is located in the colon and in the pelvic. And it has a downward movement. And think elimination. The word apana is also associated to the downward movement and elimination in Ayurveda. Vayana is located in the heart. And it's basically the whole body. 
because remember, Vata is responsible for movement, transportation, and communication. And so therefore, when we are working through with Vayana, that it's in the heart, the heart pumps all of this blood and all of this energy out into the whole body. And so Vayana represents the whole body, and it's central to the periphery. Now, what does periphery mean? That's the outer limits or edge of an area, according to our Oxford language book. All right. Now, we're going to go into Pitta. So for my Pitta friends, get ready for your five subdoshas. You have Sadaka, Sadaka Pitta, Alochika Pitta, which we just discussed earlier, Pachika Pitta, Rajaka, and Brajaka. Okay, and let's break them down real quick. So, sadaka is located in the brain, in the heart. We're going to start to see a pattern here, okay? And its main function from the pitta constitution is thinking, emotions, and understanding, receiving, okay? Alochika is the eyes, and its main function is visual perception, visual perception, Pachika is located in the stomach and the small intestines, and its function is digestion of food, digestion of all food, okay, all food. Ranjika is located in the liver, the spleen, and the small intestines, and its main function is to give color to our blood, which is what we've learned in the past, rakta datu, we know that datu is tissues, Okay, Brajika is located over the entire body, the entire body, just like Vayana. All right, and this is your skin. This is your skin. This is why when a pitta gets aggravated, they tend to get very red, and you see it come out. Okay, they tend to be prone to um, rashes, acne. So any type of surface level skin irritability, you're going to see that mostly in a, a pitta, pitta constitution. This comes from Rajika Pitta, which is your entire body. And its main function, like we said, is to give color to the skin and to provide its texture. So this is very interesting. So for those of you that are interested in this, and you can totally hit me up afterward, I can talk about this and geek out all day long. But to elaborate on this a little bit here, depending on your environment, will also depend on your skin's texture as it adapts to its respective elements. So I want you to think globally. I'm Spanish, I'm olive skin, I don't burn as easily when I'm in the sun, um, I wear my sunscreen, but at times, if I go without sunscreen, if I forget it or I don't have it, it won't affect me as much as someone that has lighter skin from a, from a colder climate, okay? And ever wonder why this is kind of interesting, how we have all of our different skin colors and textures, okay? Well, to kind of elaborate on this, when you go to a cold climate country, you are more, and, and you and you happen to be more tropical, I like to say I'm tropical, okay, then you're going to be cold AF, all right, you're going to be very cold, and you notice that they're maybe not layered up as much, or you, being more tropical, have to put on a lot more clothes, um, you really have to bundle up quite a bit, but their bodies are very adjusted and acclimated to that particular weather. So they, what we call the snowbirds that come in to the south from up north, and we're freezing our butts off at 65 degrees, and for them, it's summer. And they're in the water, and they're enjoying themselves, and we're wearing all of our cold weather clothes, and we don't even think about going into the water. Because the body is acclimated and adjusted differently. As such, if they go into an area that the sun is penetrating quite profusely, they're going to need to protect their skin. They don't have the, melat uh, the melatonin that we, uh, not the melatonin, the melanin that we have in our skin. 
and they they need to be prepared for that. The same thing happens for someone that goes from one sea level, um, lower below sea level. So for folks that live, like for example, in Louisiana, and they go to Lima, Peru, which is extremely high altitude, if they're not prepared for that, they will immediately get sick or get what's called elevation sickness, and they will have to acclimate to that or chew on the co- uh, coca leaves and suck on the coca candies or take those elevation teas so they can acclimate their body's constitution to take on that particular type of temperature or weather. If we were supposed to, say, go to Africa, there are some Africans that throughout Africa, continent of Africa, and in general, darker skin, you might have extremely darker skin because their skin is created, they were born so that they naturally are in their environment acclimated to receive that sun and it won't burn them as say if I go to Africa I will need to protect my skin because I am not as dark as some Africans are and so their skin produces much more melanin than my skin does and so that's why they're more protected now however comma based on the weather that they, they're used to they're also their bodies will acclimate and shift if they were to go and spend a couple of years in, in Alaska is going to be very different and very difficult for them versus in the same thing for someone in Alaska going to Africa and spending a few years there because they're also very adjusted to having 24 hours a day of no sunlight versus someone in Africa that is used to having sunlight and sunsets. Those in Iceland, the same thing. They also have almost 24 hours of sunrise and all day long it's it's light so their circadian rhythm is slightly turned off because when does the t- when does the body know to shut down and go to sleep and so also their skin is also adjusted and acclimated to the weather there and so it's very interesting and you know there are many scientific studies on this that I'm also diving myself into because I find it fascinating that Bajaka Pitta is just It's so intelligent that it just naturally can adjust itself no matter where we go. And it takes time to adjust for many of us. I moved to New Orleans about six years ago, seven, eight years ago. And I've adjusted now when it's 55 degrees outside, I feel very comfortable. Versus when I'm in Puerto Rico, you know, I feel, wow, it's really hot. So it's very different. And lastly, we have kapha dosha, kapha subdosha. Kapha subdoshas that they are, they consist of tarpaka, and we have alamba, lava, uh, sorry about that, Aval, avalambaka, kletaka, bodaka, and shleshlaka. So let's break those down real quick. So I like to consider the kapha doshas as the higher states of consciousness, um, and that's just me personally. And I'll tell you why in a second, though. But Tarpaka is located, again, in the brain. And we also know Kapha Dosha to be its, really, its main function is the lubrication, cohesion, and the structure of the body. This is like the root chakra of our essence of being, okay? And so Tarpaka, which we know is up in the head consciousness, in the head space, in the brain, and the cerebral spinal fluid, this cerebral spinal fluid and the spinal column, this is like our root. This is our core, right? And so it's responsible for supporting the subliminal thinking and memory, what we receive, what we take in, and what we hang on to. Avambaka is located in the thoracic portion of the spine, in the thoracic cavity, and we know that T6 is that one uh, space within the spinal that does not move because it's protecting your heart, okay? And so this also is where it contains the heart and It also protects the lower back. So it goes all the way down towards the lower back, and it supports all of Kapha's systems. And we know this to be the overall structure and what we just said, cohesion, lubrication of the human physiology. This will also extend itself into the myofascial system, okay, which 
is that beautiful layer that protects and holds everything right underneath the skin. And if you haven't found out about what the myofascial system is, I know we talk about this a lot in our yoga teacher training, but you can also check out Thomas Myers as well as Robert Schleip. They are myofascial specialists. It comes from uh, Dr. Ida Rolf, Rolfing. And so check that out when you have a moment. The post that I did earlier today, or that you can see back on the Instagram with Dr. Schleip, has a little link for him, so you can go and check out what this is all about. And so we're beginning to see kind of a pattern here, right, where each of the subdoshas represent the upper portion, the mind, the throat and the thoracic cavity, the lower back, and now we're going to be moving downward, okay? Clitica is the belly area, and it is located in the stomach, and it is the upper portion of the small intestines. It is responsible for the gastric secretions, it is responsible for your digestion, and the absorption, okay? This is very important because it relates heavily back to what Maharishi and Professor Medeiros mentioned in the beginning. Everything, everything that we take in from our senses is digested or not, okay? And it becomes our tissues, the datus, it becomes our energy, or malas, and malas are the excrement, they're the yuck-yuck, okay? This includes not only foods that we take in, but our experiences as well. So, if you're experiencing a bad breakup, if you're experiencing a hard time at work, if you're experiencing facing a very hard decision, you will notice that your stomach drops, and my guts churn. That's a quote from Amy Winehouse. Because Kletica will have trouble digesting the process, and therefore, depending on the individual, everyone's individual dosha constitutions, will either not be able to eat, vatas tend to not eat if they're upset, or they might overeat, okay? Or they just might skip altogether, or they'll forget to eat. Very irregular, which goes back to the constitution. Okay. Pittas, they they'll get hangry. Okay. So you wanna they if they don't eat, they'll get upset. Alright. But kafas, they tend to overindulge in the sweets. Alright. Now all of this is, is creates an imbalance in our agnes, our digestive fire that we learned about, that fire of our life. So when this happens, this creates quite a bit of imbalance and disruption and it aggravates us. So we need to come back to balance, which is where we come back to the circadian rhythm. Bodhaga is located in the mouth and the tongue and it is responsible for moistening the oral cavity. And this is predominantly mainly the primary function of lubrication for kapha dosha. Shleshaka is located in the joints in the joints. And this is responsible for lubricating your joints as well. And if we're not nourished, you're going to notice all of the clicky clacky and all the popping and all the things that happen in yoga. Now we see how all of this interacts with one another. So as I mentioned before, I said this word malas. A lot of you are like, what? malas like mala beads? Mala, no, not like mala beads. So the malas that I'm talking about are the excrement. These are the three malas. And these are mutra, which is your urine. Okay. Purisha, which is the bowels. And sweda, which is your sweat. Okay. And so as stated earlier, the transformation process is key to your health. It is key to your health. And so to sustain healthy digestion and proper malas, we need to consider maintaining this healthy routine in the morning and at night. So we talked about the four pillars a few weeks ago, and you can go back to the uh, couple of episodes before, and they are the reverence for life, which is the respect for everything around us, including yourself and all of nature, the highest form of love, as Param, Parama Joytish says, my friend Sam, is respect. So always having that respect, that reverence for yourself and for now your circadian rhythm, for your daily routine, for the natural time of day, for the kala. 
And now we also talked about sincerity. Sincerity, as we learned in the eight limbs of yoga from the yamas, is known as satya, which is the truth. Having the truth within yourself, knowing when to pull back, knowing when to create healthy boundaries. And into the next couple of weekends, we're going to be doing some classes now focused on gentleness and compassion to the self, which is the third pillar, and then supportiveness, which will be the fourth pillar in the fourth week to come, which is seva, selfless acts of love. As we begin the process of making these subtle changes in your own life, okay, you'll want to adjust accordingly and not do everything at once. I really, really, really don't want you to do everything all at once because I do not want you to get overwhelmed. It is a lot. Oh, you're so very welcome, Rosa. The very big in, uh, intention here is that each routine that we talk about today, respectively, is to be done, if you're not already doing it already in your regularly scheduled program, do a little itty-bitty bit at a time. It's, it's not about rushing into everything and immediately changing your life, you know? That in itself could be overwhelming and it will aggravate your agni. So we don't want that. We want you to really, really, really focus on making little simple adjustments and simple changes that are going to enliven you and empower you and help you get better, all right? And so um, to begin, I have provided a free circadian rhythms worksheet for everybody and it's over on the blog you can go over there and get it just download it save it to your computer you can print it out and you can do it quarterly or you can do it weekly and what you do is you download the little um the little worksheet and it's going to share with you what exactly the circadian rhythms are and so we we come to know the Kapha time of day is from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. So this is kind of when we do some light exercise. We are having that proper elimination. Um, there's, uh, we're eating a light breakfast at this time. So this is the time of day where we're getting our mind right. We're just getting things started. Most of the time, I tend to start my day at 10 a.m. And... Like 9.30, 10 a.m. is when I kick off because I do my Dinacharya. I begin my daily routine personally by 5.30 a.m. I'm up in the Vata time of day, the Vata time of morning, which is 2 a.m. to about 6 a.m. right there. And then the afternoon portion of the day is from 10 a.m. to to 2 p.m. And this is the Pitta time of day. This is the time where, you know, you're getting your planning meetings in, you're you're organizing yourself, you have your, your biggest meal is right here in the middle of the day. In the middle of the day is when you want to have your biggest meal. That's when the sun is at its brightest. That is when we are digesting. We're at our most Pitta time. And... This is also where our metabolism is at its highest. So we're able to burn through everything. And then the vata time of the day going into the afternoon, because now pitta, uh, kapha, and vata, vata, pitta, and kapha go around the clock. So you'll notice this pattern. Two o'clock to six o'clock, you're kind of starting to wind down a little bit, but this is where you're wrapping up the rest of the afternoon, the after lunch. So, and also keep in mind that after lunch, all right, you're going to start to slow down a little bit too. Why? Because the body is metabolizing. And so this is where you're going to have maybe a little bit of movement. Maybe an afternoon yoga class comes in around 4, 4.30. Some of you go to 4.30 class. Um, this is a great time for communication. You're connecting and wrapping up business meetings or, or whatever you have going on, connecting with your friends. And um, this is also the time where you have your, your socialization. And then around dusk is when we start to feel that winding down. For those of you that practice Transcendental Meditation, TM, you are probably joining us for the global meditation at 5 p.m. And this is the kapha time of the day. This is where we start to assimilate. It's pretty much around the sunset time, around dusk. And did you notice also sun rises during this type of like kapha 
time, Vata Kapha time. The sun is at its brightest during the middle of the day where everyone has the most energy. And if you notice, as we're coming down into the later part of the day and the sun is dwindling down as well into the sunset, we're also dwindling down as well. And so we slow down, we prepare for our sleep time, we do the Richacharyas. Um, this is a really nice time to go within. And this time of day happens more from like uh, 6 p.m. to about 10 p.m. So now what happens if you stay up late? Night owls. 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. is Pitta time of day. Why is it Pitta time of day? Well, because when you're sleeping, this is why it's so important to get your sleep, when you're sleeping and also low-key, to not eat a heavy meal at night. Because when you're sleeping, your body's digesting and processing and forming all of these datus. So while you're sleeping, your body is at work. And it is doing all kinds of amazing things to keep you very, very, very healthy. And so if you take a really heavy meal at night, then your body's going to be really, really heavy and lethargic. And it's not going to be able to process enough so that you can have proper malas in the morning. Okay? And then the vata time of day. And also if you think about it, when, you know, we're young and we're like party animals and all the, you know, living la vida loca, you know, we're out at the club and it's the party time. And from 10 p.m. till about 2 a.m. is when everyone is at their peak at, you know, at the party time. So it's kind of common knowledge here. And then when you go into the 2 to 6 a.m. is also for my party friends where you start to kind of like winding down and you're like, wow, I'm getting really tired. I think it's time to go home. And so... 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. is that vata time of day where this is where the light sleep happens. Um, I know in the kundalini yoga tradition, they wake up about 2.30 a.m. and they are getting ready for a 3.30 meditation. And so some of the classes actually begin at 4 a.m. because this is also the sheath, the sheath of the veil of the universe where we're the most connected to the divine. This is that really, really quiet time of the morning between 2 a.m. to 4 a.m., that specific time of the day. If you're very sensitive in spirituality, if you're very sensitive to the other realms, you tend to probably wake up at 3.15, 3.30 a.m. a lot, okay? And so that worksheet is available for you over there, and members, you already have it. Yoga teachers, uh, Ayurvedic yoga teachers, you already have it as well. And those of you in the JBYF that are in the uh, alumni yoga teacher training group, you also have it as well. You also have the Ayurvedic season worksheet. And so these are where you can discover the seasons and how they contribute to your Agni, to your digestive fire, and what changes you will need to make. And to go over that really quickly is... You know, we have our six Ayurvedic seasons. We talked about the three main ones, but we're going to go over the six, all right? And so we call this Hemanta. Hemanta is that early winter. And this is really the Parashma of Pitta. This is Pitta season, all right? And the Shirsha, the late winter, this is Kapha season. If you think about it, we're in hibernation. The animals are hibernating. They're, the trees are looking a little bit not so full. And everyone's sleeping. They're a little bit more dormant. All right? When Vishanta comes in, spring, spring is, is taking Kapha into Vata. So Kapha is beginning to get a little bit motivated here. You start to see a little sprig, a little green start to come out. And then Grishma, Grishma comes in as summer, and this is where Vata and Kapha are hanging out together, and everything is light and airy and fluid and fun, and you see the beautiful cherry blossoms, and it's, it's the flowers are blooming, and it's quite vibrant. Um, and then we go into Varshna, which is Pitta and Vata, and this is the rainy season. So everything's getting nourished, everything's getting processed, transformation is happening, and then autumn comes. And autumn is a Pitta Vata where it starts to kind of 
transition into more of that like airiness but then it also the heat is coming up everything's turning orangey and red and then it starts to kind of dwindle back into the earth and so you can notice that even in within the seasonal rhythms and patterns that they too share the same circadian rhythm that worksheet is for you with an illustration so that you can really have a really better understanding about that now, when we talk about a daily routine, especially in the morning, as Sadhguru likes, likes to say, you're going to want to smile in the morning. That's the first thing you do in the morning, even if you can't smile at the partner next to you, all right? You smile in the morning. Afterward, you're going to want to brush your teeth, and when you're cleaning your teeth in the morning, you also want to make sure you're cleaning your teeth throughout the day after any meals. I have gifted everybody 15% off of Banyan Botanicals. Use my code. It's my capital name, Christina15. Christina15. Write that down. Christina15. And so you just click on, you can go to the website and go to useful links under Ayurveda. Click on the Banyan Botanicals and use the Christina 15. You get 15% off everything that you buy with Banyan Botanicals. You are so welcome because this is very, very important that you're utilizing all of these wonderful, wonderful nourishing um, remedies that they have there so that you can also keep uh, yourself healthy. And this starts with... Um, yeah, let me just read that comment. I've been finding that my mind is very active at 1 to 2 exactly because that's that Vata time of day. When we think of Vata, all over the place. Vatas are like a little pinball machine. Oh, I like this. I like that. Oh, my God. Like, it's everywhere. Like, I'm very Puerto Rican. I talk with my hands. And so I'm very Vata. So, you know, your mind is kind of all over the place. So I understand. Yes, you would be 1 to 2 a.m. Absolutely, Mama. Absolutely. Yes, Laura. Brush, 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 brushy. Very much so. Because you want to brush your teeth. You want to floss your teeth. And there's a tongue scraper that they sell also that I have. So I have a, quite an extensive routine in the morning. But you, I start with the tongue scraping. I floss. I brush my teeth and then I do a daily swoosh and it's a, a oil pulling. I do that. I actually swoosh for about 15 to 20 minutes and that's a wonderful way to refresh your mouth and kick off the day. All right. So that's kind of what I do first. Um, tongue scraping and also gargling. So I use trifola and trifola you can gargle with that as well and that has a combination of uh, coconut oil graduchi fennel amalaki harati and a whole list of wonderful things that i've um, put together for you that you can see what they are then you want to just wash your face this vatas you want to use warm water and pittas you want to use cool water and the kaphas you're going to use warm water also to wash your face, to get all the sweat and the natural secretions off, the secretions, secretions off, and um, this improves your circulation, and it prevents skin infections and acne, all right? Your eyes, you're going to wash your eyes as well with some warm water, it just clears everything out for you, and the more that you do that, you do like a, a counterclockwise and a clockwise with some warm water in the eyes, and it helps to prevent all of the eye cookies throughout the day. All right. And then for your whole body, there's a couple things. So I do an Abhyanga, which is an oil massage every single morning without fail, period. But not everybody needs to do Abhyanga. OK, some of our Kapha Dosha constitutions don't really need to do that because they're already naturally have that illuminous with them. But Kaphas and Vata, I'm sorry, Pittas and Vatas tend to need to do a little bit more. Now, Kaphas can do the Abhyanga, but not as much as we would need to do them. We do it every morning. I do it every single morning in the hair, massage oil all over my face. I have a robe that I wear for about 45 minutes to an hour, but you can do up to like five or 10 minutes. Go in the shower, wash everything off. You will need to wash your shower weekly because you're getting oil off of your body, but it also helps to add to that natural glow. And my hair has grown four inches since starting doing that because you're also massaging your scalp, which is stimulating the hair follicles in the in, in the scalp, not the brain, in the scalp. But your dachus are receiving it, and that's why it's going to receive what it likes, right? 
and then it's going to manifest. And so I have all of this written out for you in more detail on the blog, so you can really enjoy that. And this is also a good time. Like, I do my meditation practice when I'm in Abhyanga. I just pop onto the TM app, and I join the global meditation at 6 a.m., and I'm in the Abhyanga, and I'm just sitting there for that 20 minutes. And then afterward, I'll do a little bit of yoga, and then I go and I head right into the shower. So everyone can do their own. And for aromatherapy, um, you can add different aromas. And so for Fata, you're going to look towards maybe some basil, some orange, geranium is really good, rose oils, uh, pittas. Your aroma is more like sandalwood, mint, and rose, and jasmine. And then kapha aromas are a little bit more spicier. So you're looking at juniper, you're looking at uh, ginger, eucalyptus, and some saffron. And saffron's just so lovely. You can put that in so many. Blessed morning. Blessed morning, AJ. And um, for pittas, your mealtime, so everyone's mealtime, everybody's got a little pitta in them, all right? So vata, have a moderate breakfast lunch around 11 to 12 and then your supper around 6 to 7 everyone's supper is about 6 to 7 all right pitta heavy breakfast heavy breakfast and then that way your lunch comes around from noon to about one because you're probably super busy and then again dinner around 6 to 7 and then kafas some of you might have a light breakfast or no breakfast at all, and that's fine. And you'll have lunch around noon time as well. And the first thing I would say as um, an Ayurvedic consultant is if you're having issues in your tissues, as Dreamer always says, one of one of my students and also an amazing body worker, um, Dreamer's Touch, he's amazing. He always says you may have issues in the tissues, and that's a, a quick thing, a quick fix there is switch your heavier meals to the middle of the day and do a lighter meal at night. Start off there. Really, really simple. Really simple. And drink a little bit of warm water throughout the day. Warm water throughout the day helps to clear out the ama, the backup, and helps you get yourself right on track again. So try those two things to start. From all of this stuff, start with those two things, okay? Vata, I will have not have forgotten about you guys. Now, Vata, a good time to start wrapping up your projects from two to six. Start giving yourself that time to start wrapping up all of your projects and all the shiny things that you've gotten distracted with from two to six. All right? And that, my friends, is that. Now for Chacharya, which is the evening time, the evening routines are really getting you ready for sleep. All right? And those evening routines, as we're wrapping up for the day, for our time here, um, this is going to be things that promote sleep. So that would be an oil massage on your feet, putting on some nice little warm socks to keep the oil on the feet for a while. Um, you would do your meditation in the evening. For those of you that drink milk and milk alternatives, this is a nice time to have a nice warm cup of milk with some turmeric. I like to put some cinnamon and chai. This is a nice time for an evening chai, and it gets you ready to get the digestive system prepared for that pitta time of the evening, okay? And that's really it for the evening. If you want to add some light exercises in the evening, gentle yoga, yoga nidra is always really, really sweet. Maharishi yoga, asanas are really wonderful to do in the evening. That's a really great time to get that together, all right? And now, lastly, for um, during the seasons, I just wanted to mention, for those that are sexually active, be very mindful that there are certain seasons to be this way for the body, all right? Spring and fall, sex should be reduced to about twice a week, and summer, once a week, and in the winter, as much as you want, all right? So I'd like to encourage you all to offer a sankalpa to yourself. As we discussed last week, that it's like a 40-day mini challenge to create an attention to intention. And I've offered you on my blog over on Jai Bhakti's blog um, on the website, jbyfnola.org, that you can go and just download this 40-day Kriya log that I created. 
you don't have to use that one. You can use a journal and make up your own. And I would encourage you to just do that and hold yourself accountable for your own itty-bitty little changes that you're going to do within your, your own healthy routines now. And as you start to get a little bit more into your routine and into your rhythm, you can you can start looking back and making your notes and, you know, seeing your progress and really celebrating those, those little small successes that make such a huge difference in your life. So that is it, my friends. I have also um, provided you the discount code for Banyan Botanicals. Again, that's Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-1-5, and you get 15% off your Banyan Botanicals. And um, I provided with you some books that will support you in putting together the herbs and decoctions that you'll need for your progression and to sustain your daily and morning evening routines. And our membership program has everything inside of it. So you can join us. It's $39 a month. Um, use JBYF10 and get your discount on that. And you can be grandfathered in and have access to an on-demand library of yoga asanas, from chair yoga to gentle yoga, yin yoga, and all of the samplings that you can imagine. And we also do every single Monday at 10.45 a.m. at vivayalive.com. I go live and teach a gentle yoga, a gentle slow vinyasa flow. And you can join us there where you can get two weeks free and you can explore all of our brothers and sisters in the yoga community that teach there as well. And so um, I will be sharing with you throughout this week a couple of yoga asanas as well as some detox teas that will help to uh, push the ama out through the body and also prepare your digestion and so be on the lookout for those on instagram as well as in the email newsletter that i send out every week you'll get all of those um those of you on the email newsletter you're going to get them all in one shot you're going to get one for vata one for pitta and one for kapha and um and that's really it. So from my heart to yours, I'll see you next week. And I also wanted to just give a quick reminder. We're going into February. This has a lot to do with relationships. I know this is a sensitive time. We talked about this earlier when we were processing grief and emotions. And I just wanted to give you insight. We're going to be addressing all of those topics. So be prepared for that next week. On Monday, we, kick, we jump right into it. And the following month, you're going to be meeting my brother who lives in India and we'll be circling back to some more Ayurveda for you all. So again, I love you. I thank you. Stay healthy, my friends, and I will see you very, very soon. Namaste. Thank you all so much for participating in today's wonderful podcast. As always, it's such a joy and an honor to share in the space with all of you and hold the space together as a collective. I invite you to support my life's work on Teachable. For those of you that would like continuing education units, Teachable will be the go-to for your membership. I'm looking forward to growing together and meeting you all. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram and introduce yourself. I would love to follow you back and subscribe to our YouTube channel for free classes that are posted weekly. Looking forward to our next chat together and I'll see you online, in person, in an immersion or on this podcast. See you soon. From my heart to yours, much love and namaste.